What's up, guys? It is your girl, Sarah from Sarah Sass here. Thank you so much for joining tonight. I have Christina from Kitten Bee Boutique on. She is, let me read it. I don't want to mess it up. So let me read it. Is a corporate finance executive with a bachelor's degree in finance and an MBA. She is data and analysis driven. It's the end of the day, y'all. <laughs> I almost had like a wine spritzer with dinner and I was like, nope, I have a live tonight. I can't usually do my words right. Anyway, I don't need any wine to go with it. She is data and analysis driven in both her day job and reselling and follows trends in the retail industry. She is a reseller on Poshmark, Mercari, and Depop. So I am so excited to have her here. Uh, we did a presentation together for the Posh Kings uh, present or synopsis that they had a couple months ago. Uh, a week i don't know i don't even know what day it is a couple a month ago maybe it was in may yeah yeah um so i we did a presentation together there are lots of really good information so i asked her to come on here and chat with us um we're gonna you know talk a little bit about the economy but what's happening with retail right now some big announcements announcements have happened that may impact reselling and all that so uh christina i'm gonna let you um introduce i mean i gave you kind of the high level of who you are but tell us a little bit about your reselling um it's a side hustle for you right because you're well now you're trying to find get back into the workforce but it's not your full-time job right no no i've been a reseller since uh 2014 uh started on poshmark with just kind of looking for a place to clean out my closet and uh, you know, make some money selling as opposed to donating. And then I've expanded to uh, Mercari and Depop. I did do Vinted for a while, but uh, they changed a lot of what they were doing. Um, I've not done eBay, but my husband has. Um, and uh, it's it's been it's been great. I, I, at first, I was mostly just selling to buy. So instead of spending money in the stores, I was purchasing off of Poshmark. And so it was in a sense saving me money versus making me money. Um, but lately I've been you know, putting a little more into it to uh, actually, you know, cash those uh, credits out as opposed to using them. And uh, it's, uh, it's been, it's been good. I, um, I enjoy it. It's a kind of a, you know, creative outlet as well for a lot of people. So it's oh, been, sure. been wonderful. Um, and it is a really nice side hustle because you get, um, you can kind of do it as needed, um, especially on Poshmark and Macari. I'm finding eBay, you have to like, it has to be a full-time job to actually get the kickback. But Poshmark, you can be like, cool, you know, I'm not busy this week, I'm gonna do things. This week, I'm not so busy, I'm not gonna be on my closet as much. It's a nice, um, it's not like a part-time job where you're like, okay, I have to go to work from, you know, six until nine o'clock at night. You can kind of do it as needed. I think a lot of people um, are doing that as well, especially right now. On that note, right now, there are, the last one I looked at was like 36 million people are um, currently unemployed. 3 million are waiting um, to get, I, I don't know the right term, waiting to get unemployed or they predict. I think what I read was they were predicting 3 million more. Um, so what is your take on this day of the economy right now, um, just in general? Um. You know, I think there's some positive signs. So I will, I, another statistic I saw was that uh, in April, uh, 3.6 million households missed their mortgage payments. So, you know, there's not a lot of discretionary spending, I would say. Uh, you know, people have been more focused, as we had mentioned at the symposium on, um, uh, you know, home goods and electronics and things, obviously with the quarantine, but I think also focusing on home improvements and other things since they've been around the house, as opposed to, uh, you know, luxury goods have been way down. Um, 
And then uh, there are some positives though. Uh, Airbnb has a lot of bookings. Uh, they're real, really seeing a spike. They think it might be like a check mark oh, really? um, recovery, uh, which is some are predicting. And then also, you know, the cruise lines have had a lot of sales because they need cash. And so um, they've had a lot of pre bookings as well. And I think the airlines have also had a lot of pre bookings. So I think people are very travel focused. They're wanting to get out. And, uh, you know, that's an opportunity there from reselling and thinking about you know, what you're putting in your closet as well as once the quarantines are lifted, I think a lot of people are going to be traveling. So, um, and wanting, yeah, I think people are ready. So we're in Colorado, we're pretty lifted. Um, we have like very, like restaurants are only 50%, but I think most, if not all things are opened. Um, remind me, are you in Phoenix? Am I making that up? Tennessee. I'm in Tennessee. Oh, so, yeah. I completely made yeah. that up. Sorry. <laughs> Not um, even close. Most of Tennessee has been, um, I think they're in phase two, uh, where I'm at in Nashville and then Memphis and Knoxville have been slower because that's where the majority of the um, cases were. But we've moved on to now in Davidson County. I think hairdressers are able to open uh, this week and um, uh, restaurants, uh, the bar tops, I think, are starting to open and the counties outside of here, but they're still closed in Davidson. I don't know. It's confusing because I live, I'm surrounded by other counties and I just go there because it's like normal life. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard that but, in other places. Like if someone's estate is open and theirs isn't there, like, which then is just making it worse because people are crossing over state borders and that's a whole nother. Well, I <laughs> So Florida is wide open. Um, it was, oh, I mean, yeah. France, there, there was a wait because they were at a diminished capacity, but uh, all the um, beaches and I mean, it was just, it was just like normal. It didn't, uh, it didn't seem like anyone was quarantined at all. So yeah, no masks or anything because they're outside or? No, actually very few people had masks on. Uh, servers had masks on, um, but. I guess uh, when you're eating, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Yeah, as far as the, the beaches and restaurants and stores, I saw very few masks. That's interesting. Our um, governor came out this week and was really encouraging people to be outdoors because I live in Colorado. It's a beautiful state, lots of, you know, hiking and outdoor activities. Um, and I think from a mental stand mental health standpoint, he was like, go outside. It, it's your lowest risk. Get out, you know, before fall and winter comes and we're all stuck indoors, either with COVID or just in general, we're stuck indoors. Um, enjoy it, but be safe. A lot of the people around here are wearing masks outside um, and still taking on a lot of precautions. That's not the point of this. <laughs> Yeah. Although, so, yeah. but I am wondering, I mean, because of all of this and I'm wondering, I had a really good May um, and with, even with, you know, everything that's going in the economy, stores are closed down. So I'm wondering if that is pushing people to be purchasing online. And I only, I don't sell hard goods. I sell clothing, women's mainly. Um, and I had a really good May. And so my data alone, I don't know, um, is enough, you know, sample size one, but I'm wondering if you, um, what your thoughts are on e-commerce e in general yeah you know um i think they said that uh from what i've seen there's been a huge shift to online sales uh i think they, they said it's between 40 and 60 percent of all sales are online now and they anticipate that to continue to uh grow um, one of the things i saw was that uh retailers really need to look at an omni-channel experience or multi-channel 
which is obviously online and in store, and they need to figure out a way to bridge the gap. And I think that some of the resale um, sites like Poshmark with the social aspect do a good job of that because there's a lot of customer service and providing measurements and different things that you know people do to kind of bridge that, oh, I can't try it on, but you know, help me, how does this fit? Or would this look right with that? You know, you get a lot of questions from your, your buyers. Yeah, we're already ready for that experience. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that's really important. And then um, I know that uh, retailers are looking towards um, uh, needing to have their inventory into their distribution uh, by October, November-ish for Black Friday. And so I think mm. there is a push on orders because they do expect online sales to continue to be at a high. So they're going to have them go to their distribution versus being in stores. So it may be one of those situations where um, there's better availability online this year than there has been in the past uh, with the stores, just because of the supply chain issues and, um, uh, you know, yeah, and along. Well, yeah, and the Black Friday, the typical Black Friday standing in line in crazy stores likely is not going no. to be the situation this year. Yeah. Um, but so that makes me wonder, I mean, is it a good or bad thing that this is all happening? Um, having more online sales is a good thing. But then the more you talked, I was like, well, maybe that's actually a bad thing if these big chains are getting online more. Like people are just going to be like, okay, I'm going to go shop at yeah. whatever instead of the secondhand store. Um. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, th you know, I think again, it's going to be a wait and see. I mean, when the UK lifted uh, their quarantine, sales really surged once the lockdown was lifted uh, in, for clothing sales, and so I think you might see a, a, a jump for you know brick and mortar. Uh, sales because people want to get out and they've yeah. kind of missed the browsing and, and walking around. But I think there's been so many customers that have been picked up by an Amazon or a Walmart in their online that, um, I mean, even it just came to mind, TJ Maxx was completely overwhelmed uh, when they opened their doors too here recently. Um, but I think there's been such a shift to online. I think people are going to like it. Um, so maybe, it, yeah. let's say, you know, maybe not clothing per se, but continuing on the household goods. So for example, maybe you didn't buy your laundry detergent, um, from Amazon before the shutdown, but then during the shutdown you had to, well, now you think, wow, this is really convenient. I think I'm going to keep buying my laundry detergent online. Yeah. And if you did on Amazon, they're smart and they will send you an email and say, Hey, it looks like it's about time. Or if you have an Alexa, they're like, Hey, do you want to reorder? And you're like, well, yes, I think I do. They're on it. Amazon, we all need to take notes from Amazon. <laughs> um, if people have qu specific questions in the chat as well, let us know. Um, let me know what you guys are seeing as well. How was your May? My May was like the best I've ever had. Um, I was also a lot more consistent. So, you know, some of it was probably partially that, but talking to a lot of people, I'm hearing that it was good. Um, and I think people are shopping online they're getting more used to that feeling i read somewhere too um i think it was poshmark or maybe it's makari one of the sellers their new customers is like skyrocketing mm -hmm. um which is good for resellers it's really good um because they don't know how to do offers <laughs> they don't know how you know what i mean like and i had quite a few in my poshmark closet this past month that were like i don't know how to do this can you like walk me through like am i doing it right and 
they can obviously tell that they're new um, customers. And I think if they realize if you make it a good experience, right, then maybe they will um, come back. Yeah. Um, so I think it's hopeful. We'll have to wait and see. Um, what else are you noticing in the uh, retail market? Yeah, so I, I actually found a white paper that um, KPMG, which is a consulting, they also do accounting and stuff, but a consulting group had put together a white paper on uh, trends that they see going forward in retail in 2020. And I thought they were really interesting because they really yeah. pertain to resellers as well. Um, so the first one uh, we just mentioned, the, the retail business model is the push to online. And uh, the comment that they had was that you need to be good at online fulfillment, home delivery, and data analytics. And uh, I thought that was funny because, you know, we talk as resellers about speed to ship, what is your, your packaging, you know, these are things we really think about and wanting to make a good customer experience. So mm -hmm. good at online fulfillment right there. Um, home delivery, uh, maybe not so much, but then data analytics, you know, we talked about that in the symposium and, uh, you know, you saw that great dashboard. We mentioned that with the pandemic, you need to look at your data more often because tra trends are going to be changing faster than they probably have in the past. So I thought those that really tied together is just really thinking about your business model. Um, yeah, and I think that's a valid point and probably partially why my May was better as well, because I normally sold high price items, mm -hmm. um, but looking at my data and seeing what was going on and I did a um, a high level analysis as well and sale prices were going down and I usually don't sell lower price items. I quickly was like, let me find some low sale price items and my average sale price definitely went down um, by like $12, which is pretty big. Um, but I ended up, what's that? You pay, if you pick it up in volume, it's okay. Yes, right. I had my highest grossing sale, but had I not been paying attention to what was going on and looking at my data and seeing that it wouldn't, like I wouldn't have made that adjustment, which is a nice thing. It's something that we have over kind of these big businesses is it's much easier for us to pivot, um, but you have to pay attention. Yeah. So yeah. if y'all are watching me, you know, I'm going to say it, <laughs> look at your data, see what's going on um, and look at the economy and what's going on, which is why I have Christina here as well to um, update us on what's happening. Yeah, so the second one uh, was sense of purpose. And so real, reflecting values and caring about societal issues. Uh, so I think, um, you know, just reselling as a whole and how to, uh, what much of a polluter the fashion industry is and extending that life cycle of clothing items is something that really ties into that. And then, you know, you see a lot of resellers, you know, will have a, a cause or something that they donate to. And, um, you know, I think we have a role, um, a good tie in with that one already. And if something that we could, you know, potentially push, push even more, I know that, um, you know, Depop, the, the last time I spoke, I said they had had a huge year over year increase in their um, traffic and it's being driven by Gen Z and Gen Z mm -hmm. and uh, millennials are obviously very concerned about uh, sustainability. Uh, so that's a, a good tie in there for resellers. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, even before all of this, there's been big projections for reselling in general. Um, in the past year or two, there's been big companies um, previously that have said, okay, you know, <laughs> this is what the younger generations are wanting. We need to figure out how to get our foot in the door. They don't want this, you know, quick fashion. They want the sustainability. And either it's really high price items that are going to last for a long time um, or are, you know, made in a certain way or this 
you know, what we're the business we're all in um, of this reselling um, stuff. So uh, the next one is uh, rethink cost of doing business. So need to go further on cost containment, including inventory management. And that ties really well with what you just said about uh, resellers being able to be more agile and to pivot. And I think we talked about, um, you know, online sourcing and different things at the symposium as well. And so, um, you know, just really thinking about your cost of goods and um, retailers are going to be doing the same. So I think they're looking towards uh, continued price compression just across the board with uh, the unemployment numbers and the you know, potential new sense of frugality uh, coming through similar to the former recession. Yeah, and that's something I've looked at in my business and it's kind of a struggle. So I'd like your thoughts on it as well. And then I'm going to ask the chat on what they're doing for it. The struggle that I'm having is prices, things are selling for lower, but I'm typically having to spend more money on items because their stores are not open. I'm sourcing, like my sourcing is different now. So now my margins are um, decreasing because I'm selling for less and spending more. Um, so I'd love any tips and tricks or thoughts that people have. Um, it's hard. Our thrift stores are open. I'm going to try and go this weekend. Um, but when I've been in the past, it's not what it used to be. They're not putting as much out. Some of the stores are hiking their prices up because they're making up for stuff. Um, so yeah, um, my, my Goodwills are no longer doing any sales, uh, so everything is regular price. Uh, I think they do have a senior discount, but that's about the only one. Uh, they're revamping their rewards program. Um, so it, in the bins, they, they didn't, op they're open now. Um, you have to have a mask uh, to, to mm -hmm. go. Um, I have not gone, but um, they were closed longer than the, the retail stores. Um, I've ha had a, a challenge, I guess, just with, uh, I used to be able to get 99 cent items. I used to have a 99 cent, um, sale, uh, for the full week at Goodwill. Now it's only at the end of the color of the week. And so I really was already having a challenge with increased cost. I just am not someone who, uh, really likes the bins. I haven't had a lot of success with things that I found there. Um, and I got sick long before COVID from going to the bins. So, um, it, my costs have been higher. So I've kind of taken a different approach in that, um, especially with working full time. I'm looking more towards um, average sale price as opposed to um, a margin. I think in the past I was more focused on, okay, if I buy this for $5 and I want to get a 75% margin, am I able to get, yeah. you know, whatever for it. Um, and now I'm thinking more of it's not worth my time to even photograph and list if I don't get a certain dollar amount and, yes. and yeah. from it. Um, so I'm being much, much more selective with what I'm purchasing. I've actually uh, gone through and donated a lot of uh, the older inventory I had that I hadn't listed just because I know it's not going to you know satisfy what I need. But I think a yeah. lot of people are struggling with um, you know, just the, the cost of, of inventory right now. That's kind of where that's my typical strategy is like, I'm going to make this amount of money, like it or more, like I'll take or more, but like, if I don't make this dollar amount, like, cause, cause I know how long it takes me to list things. I know how long it takes me to take pictures. Like I've calculated how much it is worth my time. I'm actually, I'm actually going away from that a little bit in the sense of driving velocity to my closet. Um, and then trying to find efficiencies in other ways. So like I model a lot of my clothes, but unless it's gonna sell for $50 or higher, I'm not modeling it now. So then I can take a picture quicker, you know, I can go through yeah. and list double the inventory because I'm making half 
of the amount. Um, so that's kind of my strategy. And also you got to just do what you got it. Like yeah. I'm selling lower price items right now um, because it is what's selling, but I am being very diligent in what I'm purchasing because it's money that's being tied up, you know, looking at what, categories of mine have high sell through rates. Those are the categories that I'm purchasing right now. Um, not kind of just this willy nilly. Oh, this is cute. Like, no, is this going to sell and make me with that money? I don't want to play this long game so much. I kind of just keep in the cash flow going right now until things settle down. Yeah. All right. What else you got for us, girl? <laughs> Uh, the, the last one is, um, this one was, I thought was really interesting. It's customer choice is under a microscope. Um, this was their last, uh, bullet. And so, um, they're basically saying with online, uh, endless browsing that, uh, customer preferences are changing. And so there's only going to be two types of retailers, um, online that, or even, I guess, brick and mortar that survive. And that's a limited yet curated collection or selection or an unlimited selection, which is easy. And they want an easy, safe and efficient experience for shopping. Um, so I thought that was interesting because uh, we just kind of described the two closets, right? Mine yeah. yes. is probably yeah. more on the limited yet curated because I'm only looking to sell for a certain dollar amount and is it worth my time and and you're doing more volume and um, uh, you know mass appeal uh, as far as the selection so uh, I think those are the two uh, spot on with uh, where they said the future is going on retail yeah and I talk about that I mean you can have a hybrid model too but that's essentially yeah. your two options you sell high price items and they're going to sit a little bit longer but you're going to make higher volume or higher dollar amounts or you sell, you know, the lower price items that are going to sell a bit quicker. Um, and I have changed. I, I prefer the high average sale price items because it's less shipping, it's less listing. Um, but I was noticing that that was not cutting it for me. Um, so now I'm trying to find ways to be more efficient. I love to hear what people are doing. Um, if they're noticing similar things or ways that they're combating this in their closets um, as well. The thing with doing high volume too, we're talking about this is me and my husband's dinner talk right before this conversation or right before this, we had dinner. Um, and we were actually talking about the two different models um, and how I'm switching a little bit more. Um, but to be a high volume seller, you have to have a high volume closet. <laughs> like you have to like, just what you said in the white paper, you have to have unlimited. I mean, I can't have unlimited, but I need to like double my closet to be able yeah. to hit. Yeah. Um, the sizing and um, you know, I, my closet, because I sell mostly my own things, um, I like to keep it as a, a small size closet. So I know I'm already limiting my sales base because it's, um, you know, my things and my size. So, you know, I think also being a, someone who's got an unlimited selection, you have to have a variety of sizes and I just don't have the, the storage or, um, you know, it's just yeah. something I'm interested in. Um, yeah. And the storage is a valid point too. I had always gone to a smaller closet from a storage perspective. Um, we did recently move and worst case scenario, I can rent a storage space. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my mindset is now in six months, check back in and we'll see what's happening then. Um, all right. So we are saying that is um, a great report from Christina. I went sourcing today. Oh, let me put this up. I learned how to do this. I went sourcing today and in the end put everything back because I'm getting very narrowly focused. It's hard to do. It's harder to do than it sounds. This is interesting because you guys are both doing that. And that's how I used to shop. And now I'm 
getting away from it. Um, so it it's interesting hard. how. <laughs> I will. I will agree with her on that. You know, if you see something that's cute and yeah, 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 but then it's like no, no, I gotta stick to my guns. So, yeah. but then it it's very rewarding when you get home and you're not like, damn, I have to list this now. Because that's what I would do a lot is you buy it at the store and then you're like, well, I don't want to list this. <laughs> Where if you're picking at the store, then you're much more like excited about all of the items that you purchased, right? Yeah. Um, a couple of other things that uh, I saw was that, uh, that I thought pertained also is that the uh, growth is expected to continue with mobile and social buying. Uh, continue to continuing mm. to increase significantly. So um, I think with just all the apps, you know, I mentioned that I'm on and, and that, that you're on as well. Um, you know, we've got that covered. And so I think that's really important too, as you're looking to diversify, uh, you know, that mobile and social, uh, you know, kind of catch that wave of, of growth. Um, I think that was it. Personalization was also something they mentioned, service and product personalization are going to be key as customer needs and demands change. And then a lot of retailers are trying to do, you know, more predictive analytics and, and look for trends ahead of time. It, that's so hard right now because things are like constantly changing. Yeah. Um, and even from state to state, like my restrictions are different than your guys's restrictions. Yeah. So it's not even, um, you know, all the beaches are open, but that's not necessarily the case everywhere, right? Um, and that, yeah, which is hard. It makes it hard. Um, um, and then I, I, I have a few things about just kind of apparel and then I have some things from Rebag. I don't know if you want to kind of go through through those. It was yeah. kind of interesting. Tell us what you got. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, COVID-19 really exposed uh, a lot of flaws in the supply and demand for retailers. And I think we touched on this at the symposium as well about the excess inventory that's sitting around. Mm -hmm. So they're really rethinking the seasonally um manufacturing uh so you know how they would have a resort and a spring and a fall a lot of uh designers are rethinking that traditional method and uh shifting more to on-demand manufacturing uh as mm. opposed to uh sending seasonal um requests overseas and hoping that the items will sell months later and then uh I, I did not know this, but overproduction typically runs 30 to 40% each season. So that could or it could be, um, you know, a lot of resellers like to buy overstock lots and um, things when uh, there is overproduction, if they start to scale back their production or become more just in time, uh, it could really- um, That can go away. Potentially hinder the um, new with tags uh, inventory that we have access to. Um, yeah, and it sounds like they're moving kind of away from that more fast fashion model. Yeah. Um, and so that would likely mean their prices are going to have to reflect that as well. But then their quality too. And so people aren't going to be buying things every season anymore, which means that they're not like, it seems like in everything and maybe not quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it said, um, they said uh, looking to favor a core repeatable base. Yeah. To uh, seasonality. Um, so buy lots of black for your closet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somber. <laughs> yes. Although I hate um, photographing black, but yeah. you know, that's a good solid base, right? Yeah. Um, and then the pandemic, uh, this is according to the CEO at Rebag. He said the pandemic will accelerate the resale industry 
Um, people are both going to seek to sell uh, and to purchase bargains. Uh, they're mm -hmm. actually starting a hybrid um, called Rebag Infinity, and it's going to be a hybrid of rent and resale. So it'll be if you buy a bag on Rebag, you will get a credit towards an, a future purchase when you trade that bag in within a year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. And then they are also um, exploring selling excess luxury inventory, which we know Poshmark has already reached out to uh, other brands about selling their excess inventory in their wholesale market. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and they said uh, that the challenge, obviously, of luxury resale and especially bag resale is that the supply is constrained because you're obviously only selling what people are willing to um, part with at the time. And so yeah. they're really looking to merge um, first and second hand. How can they accelerate the merger of first and second hand? So Which is, yeah, that's kind of scary. And that's not the first company, large company that I've heard that is looking to do that, um, doing some of this trade in reselling themselves. Um, and I'm talking like high-end luxury yeah. type brands, um, which is genius. Yeah, it's genius for them, especially the high-end brands that you're worried about, um, you know, is it real or not? Well, if you're buying it from Louis Vuitton, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're, like, it's legit, and you would be much more willing to buy it from them than from someone on, say, eBay, right? Which is also um, very scary. Well, this is all really sad and depressing. <laughs> uh, I think there's some, there's some positive, so. Yeah, yeah. No, I think what's, it's I mean, it's. Yeah. It's good to know this. Um, and it could burying your head in the sand and not paying attention is how you go, you know, you go out of business. Um, so it is good to know. It's just these big brands <laughs> come in. I can't compete with, you know. Yeah, which I mean, which leads into the next piece we we're gonna talk about. Um oh, yeah. Yeah, which uh, you know, Walmart announced on May twenty seventh that they're doing a partnership with ThreadUp and uh, launched it's walmart.com forward slash thread up and they've got free shipping um, on orders of $35 and up which I think thread up itself is like 75 it's pretty high um, mm -hmm. and then there's no restocking fees which that's one of my things I hate about thread up is you know two dollars or four dollars for a restocking fee if something doesn't fit so um, that's an advantage over I think Poshmark oh so like you can return it is yeah. what because I don't do thread up oh yeah so free shipping on 35 and up and then free returns, no restocking fees. And then um, it'll be 700 to start 750,000 new and like new items. So that's, I, I looked at it. It looks just like thread up. I mean, it's, you know, they're doing all the listing. Um, I don't know. I couldn't really tell. Um, you know, it's hard to tell if there's an item that's on the regular thread up site. That's also on the Walmart site or if they're, those 750,000 items they've pulled specifically from. Oh, them. exclusive. I couldn't really tell that. Yeah. So is it up? And I haven't looked. It's I yeah. saw the article. It is up and right. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. All right. I'll have to go look. What does the um, inventory look like? Is it like Walmarty type inventory or are they doing like higher yeah. level? Yeah, it's, um, I, I would say, you know, if you're used to thread up or you, you shop thread up, it's, um, um, it's a lot of brands they don't currently have on Walmart. I didn't, I mean, there's some wall, uh, like mall brands in there, but uh, they had some higher end things. I probably should have uh, wrote down a couple of the things That's I looked at, but um, there, there was some, I wouldn't necessarily say 
luxury, but, you know, maybe higher end, um, you know, mall, or I think I did see like maybe something Tory Burch or something on there, but. Um, oh yeah. So that, I mean, I don't, when I, I don't think of the Walmart clientele walking around in Tory Burch, I guess is my, like I was talking about, okay, I'm bringing this up. Let me take it back. I was talking to my husband about this when I saw the article um, and we were talking about like what kind of clientele they're going for. And, you know, Walmart is much about the fast um, or the cheap yeah. fast fashion. Um, very much so. You can get a tank top for like $5. Um, so he was like, well, is it even going to be, you know, people that are buying your stuff like is that who they're going to be marketing and it seems like they are marketing a little bit above their normal clientele they're, they're trying to introduce brands to uh the walmart shop at, at an attainable price yes so by by encouraging them to buy resale they can find things affordable or brands more affordable that they wouldn't otherwise so um I which makes sense yeah yeah. And when they're pairing with ThreadUp, it comes with like ThreadUp's clientele as well, right? And ThreadUp goes all the way up, right? They're not just the... Yeah. ThreadUp had tried um, like little boutiques within JCPenney stores. I don't know if they've still got that going. I know they had one here at my local store and uh, I went and checked it out and it just seemed really odd. It was like this little section kind of tucked in between juniors and jeans, I think. And it was really weird because, you know, they advertised it as, oh, you can get these high-end brands at Penny's, you know, resale. Oh, and yes, right. There was nothing really there. It was a lot of Banana Republic, which is weird to buy Banana Republic at Penny's. And um, especially like our Penny's is at a mall like yeah. down the way from Banana <laughs> Republic. Mall. Like, oh, yeah, no, that's exactly what I thought. Yeah. And the bags, you know, they were like Kenneth Cole and Steve Madden. And I thought, you know, I can go down the hall and get a comparable brand new bag at Penny's. So I didn't, I felt that that was kind of a fail. Um, so, yeah. you know, it could go one Penny's or two. Penny's has been. You know, yeah. Well, let's hope it's a fail for our <laughs> perspective. Because I can't, we can't, I mean, yeah. Unless Poshmark wants to start doing free shipping or offer something, if they start to see something, even the shipping comes out of our costs. Um, and that's, you know, that's huge. Um, Jamie, excuse me, Jenny girl's closet is saying, I took a look at the Walmart selection. There was nothing special or runway there. Very basic conservative things. Um, which makes sense. So Jenny girl's closet is more of a high end consignment type seller. Um, so maybe not concerning for her, but for most resellers, um, from what you said, it sounds like similar to what we like I get excited for something Terry Burge and most of my stuff um, especially now that I'm doing lower end stuff is that you know mall brands 20 to 30 dollar items uh, so now I'm competing with Walmart okay so I mean what do you see do you see this affecting and impacting resellers you know, I wouldn't discount it. I think it's it's got potential to really be a disruptor. Um, I know that you know you've seen everybody's seen the stats. I mean, ThreadUp put a whole thing out there about the the growth in the resale industry and how it's going to chip away at retailers, um, not necessarily the big box retailers, more those mid mid mall. You know, the Dillards, the Macy's, those are the ones that are really going to get cannibalized by resale. Um, but you know, these companies aren't going to want to lose that, right? So they're going to want to get in on it. So this could be the start of, you know, many others partnering with, with companies uh, to, to have a, a resale partnership. 
um, let's say it's really successful and down downstream, um, you know, they, they have an inventory shortage. Well, do they start partnering with Goodwills? Do they start partnering with, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, B stock or, you know, excess inventory that's, that's hitting the market. You know, it could start to cut our inventory prices could go up, uh, you know, even more, uh, we could have less, uh, available, maybe ThreadUp starts advertising like Poshmark does constantly and, you know, hey, send us your bags, you know, and, you know, they only pay 50 cents an item for something that sells for like 10 or 15. So yeah. you know, got huge margins that, you know, we just you know, really couldn't compete with. Well, now let's say you get a ThreadUp credit. Um, can you also spend it on, you know, Walmart's thread up? Well, then can you spend it on Walmart? You know, I, it, it just, I think it opens up a lot of doors that, um, you know, it's kind of a wait and see, but I wouldn't discount it as it's not going to affect me. I think it's just yeah. the start of something because the resale market is supposed to grow. I think it's like 50 billion worldwide by 2024. I mean, those are huge numbers. And, you know, the population of who's purchasing, you know, it grows, but it's not growing at that rate. Right. So they're yeah. canceling. Uh, you know, traditional retail. And so those traditional retailers are really going to start looking for ways to stop that bleeding. Um, and, and I think that's just the first step. Well, and this kind of goes back to the more complex, complex issue, what we're talking about now, but then also going back to the lack of inventory because people aren't overbuying, you know, this 30 to 40%. So there's even less inventory on that side. And then now you have the other side of these Walmart thread ups are getting, they're making big deals. You know, those companies are going to make a deal. If you buy 750,000 items, like they're going to get the deal, right? They're not going to be like, oh, like this little person wants 50 <laughs> items a month. Like, no, you're not going to be able to compete with that. I have something to say on that, but I do want to, um, Megan is asking, is this going to be in store only? Is it online or is it in the store too? The Walmart, I was, Penny's was in store. Um, yes, right. In stores. Walmart is actually online. It's www.walmart.com forward slash thread up. So it's already live. Uh, kind of funny. I just got a Walmart email. They can hear me talking about them. I just, <laughs> I don't think it's for that, but it's just yeah. ironic talking. Yeah. Um, so, well, and so I don't know if this is, uh, but she's saying many people hate shopping and want to be able to filter the search online, but still used and affordable. So it'll be interesting in how um, they do it. If they do it successfully, then I think it could be um, something that we have to keep in mind. As you were talking things, because I'm like, okay, this is what's going on. Instead of being doomsday, I'm going to quit my business and find something else. Like, what do we do with this information? How do we continue to survive? Um, and two things that came to my mind um, with this new generation and kind of gearing towards the millennials and stuff, um, they're also big on supporting small businesses, right? And so branding yourself and really making it that experience, not this big corporate America Walmart experience. I mean, nothing wrong with Walmart, but like right. you, you're going to have to set yourself apart. And so maybe doing some branding and making it an experience. Um, Hey, I'm a small business owner here. Like the things that you would not get from Walmart could be something um, possibly that you could be trying. And then also, you know, finding a niche and niching down. Um, first thing that comes to mind to me is vintage. I don't imagine Walmart's going to have a huge, I mean, they might have some vintage, but they're not going to be a curated vintage mm -hmm. closet and people who like vintage will find your closet and they continue to come back it doesn't have to be vintage but that's something that i do um 
And it's it, that's actually a, um, a category that's expected to grow. I mean, Manish even mentioned it um, mm-hmm. a couple times in uh, uh, the symposium. And then I think uh, I, I saw it in, in an interview he had done. So, you know, I don't think, you know, I think to your point, it's, it's finding that, um, and we do it all the time with how many reseller, resellers there are, right? You need to find what sets you apart. And, mm-hmm. you know, we really have that advantage of the, the, the marketing. Um, you know, I think one of the speakers on Instagram said, really take advantage of Instagram right now because it's still free. You know, um, Facebook and all the different things that we do, Pinterest, you know, YouTube. YouTube, yeah. You know, podcasts, uh, blogs, you know, all of these things are things that um, add that personal touch and steer uh, you know, customers to your closet or, you know, or your, your, your platforms, I should say, uh, that Walmart just isn't going to have. And, and I don't think ThreadUp has either. I, you know, I, I have not always been happy with my purchases from ThreadUp. Um, I've never done ThreadUp. I'm a bad reseller. I need to get into it because I've had people ask me, I'm trying to get someone to come on and talk about ThreadUp. Um, I think I have her lined up because people keep asking me and I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea how it works. Um, (laughs) But I have heard that and I think, I mean, Walmart serves a purpose. Um, They're definitely very good at their purpose, but customer service and going above and beyond is not necessarily it, which is not bad, but you have to find things that you can do to combat it. And I think that's absolutely something that we can all do. Um, And to your point about all these free platforms for marketing, it's hard to find the time to do it because it is time consuming and you're like well i'm not getting paid like i don't get paid to be on instagram but you have to think about it and the other like eventually it will pay off in branding yourself and getting you um that brand and people wanting to come and purchase things from you and it's free when i was doing upcycling 20 years ago like we had myspace <laughs> like i mean that wasn't anything you can yeah. market yourself if you put the time into it you can market yourself now for free you don't have to like buy ads in a newspaper like you had to do 30 years ago right um and megan is also saying i think these are all really valid points the thing with online is that they rarely take as many pictures as resellers do i look at thread up and i'm always disappointed with the amount of photos of the items um so again that customer service yeah, they only do front and back. Uh, my issue with them has been um, they're not good about pointing out flaws. Uh, I'll just give an example. I bought a, a anthropology sweater. I bought it to resell. Um, it it's didn't had no mention of any flaws. I got it. It had a huge hole in the armpit. Well, mm. you know, I got to send it back and then pay a restocking fee. I'm just like, eh, you know, it, so it was it was basically a waste. Um, I just don't think they're very good. And I think resellers are really good about pointing out, you know, flaws and, and pinpointing things and um, that the thread up just doesn't do. They only just do the front and back. Um, of uh, Yeah. Everything. And like measurements. And yeah, so I think that's even if you don't go down the whole branding issue, people may say, okay, I'm going to go to eBay. I'm going to go to Poshmark because I know I can get six photos. I know if I ask them to go take this certain measurement for me, they're right. going to do it. <laughs> And they will likely do it quickly if they're a full-time reseller um, because they work from home and they're excited to get a sale. Um, So Duncan is saying the point is now is the time to list more on eBay because the months before Christmas fourth quarter should be very busy. You need to get the extra listings up now. That's a very valid point. Um, Work on increasing things. And I hadn't thought about that when you were saying the retail stores were doing that, trying to get everything up for Christmas, online selling and I, I actually wrote some categories down. So, you know, if you're thinking yeah. of 
up on new tag items. I mean, of course, athleisure, um, and we mentioned basics. You know, there you know there could be a push similar to the last recession of basics. Uh, family oriented, uh, I think, you know, Poshmark today came out with a whole new list of things that they're allowing, uh, you know, and people are saying games and things are selling. Uh, also, you know, skincare and stuff is now allowed on Poshmark. So, you know, did Poshmark allow games now? I didn't see that list yet. They're uh, allowing games I now? I think it's on there. I, I just skimmed it, but I, okay. I think, yeah. Um, and then I mentioned people are, you know, booking ahead for vacation. So, you know, swimsuits, flip flops, hats, bag, tote bags, you know, anything vacation oriented, I think would be um, something to, to really try to get into your closet now and then carry that forward into the um, holiday season. Because as you mentioned, quarantines are being lifted at different times. So yeah. um, you know, we'll be traveling in, in a staggered manner, uh, I think over the next few months. And something, I don't know if it's working or not, but this is my thinking, so I'm going to share it with you. Um, something that I, I don't always buy new with tag just because it's new with tag. If it like sells low, I'm like, well, it still sells low. I have been doing it a bit more because you're getting new people that aren't necessarily wanting, like aren't used to buying used items. Um, and so I do think having that new with tag can entice them a little bit because they're not feeling like they're buying from a thrift store. Are normal client, you know, customers previous to all of this are fine. You know, most of them were fine. I had a couple that were like, is this from a thrift store? You know, but I, I think now you're getting a lot of new people that don't necessarily understand the whole reselling world and that like, yes, we go to thrift stores and we resell it. And so having things with new attacks that I would have passed before, I will pick up now just because yeah. you can select that new attack box. Right. Um, I don't know if this is helpful for sourcing, but I did. I also have the fastest growing and declining re retail brands uh, year over year. I thought this was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the ones that are growing, uh, Lululemon is up 40%. Uh, Target, 27%. Amazon, 32%. And Walmart, 24%. So that, you know, thread up. We got a lot of potential new eyes, you know, mm -hmm. as, with, as Walmart grows. And then decliners, I thought this was interesting. Under Armour is down 34%. So we mentioned athleisure, but yeah. Under down, well, that's because they sell through Kohl's and stores that have been closed. So okay. something to think about, you know, as you're picking things up, uh, you know, the brands, you know, the top and the top increaser and the top decreaser are both athleisure. Um, and then H&M is down 27%. Burberry is down 18%. North Face is down 14%. And then Uniqlo is down 16%. Uh, so H&M and Uniqlo are both uh, um, fast fashion. So that, yeah. sh that shift in that trend as well. Now their stores have been closed, but they always had a, a fairly large online presence. I wonder what's up with North Face, the North Face. Yeah, you know, I'm seeing, um, I don't think it resales for as much as it used to. It seems that the, no. the real shift towards Patagonia as opposed to to North Face. And so um, I think you're, you're starting to see that there. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but it is, I mean, it is still really good quality, but definitely, I mean, Patagonia definitely goes higher and faster um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Duncan is saying you have to buy what actually sells, not what you would like to sell. Customers come in for what they want more. So then what item you think is cool. Um, and I agree with this and it's constantly changing. Um, and this was mentioned in the symposium that we had talked about, or maybe it was a posh and sip, you brought it up. Um, but I think the posh kings mentioned like 
be careful of buying big lots of things because things are changing so quickly right now. You don't want to be stuck with a bunch of stuff that's not going to sell, um, which also then makes it more complex because it's hard to find sourcing strategies anyway. So a lot of people are buying like pallets, right? Yeah. Um, but then you get stuck with that if in a month people are back at work and now they're like, well, I don't need all this athleisure stuff anymore. Like, um, so maybe just the bottoms, because if people still have Zoom calls, then they'll still wear the <laughs> athleisure on the bottom and blazers yeah. on top, right? Isn't that the yes. two things? Um, you no, know, I, and, and it's hard, you know, I think that's something that people don't appreciate about resale. Uh, they, a lot of people come in and, and, you know, why isn't my stuff selling? You know, they just throw a bunch of stuff up there. Um, it, it's difficult to know. I mean, retailers struggle with it too, right? What are people going to want to buy or what are they mm -hmm. wanting now? um versus just things that you like and i i struggled with that for a long time I and mean, once i kind of blew through the, my own things that i was selling and, and started sourcing um i have a very uh, you know unique style in my opinion and you know people say i'm hard to buy for i'm like why i shop for myself all the time i don't know why you think i'm hard to buy for um, <laughs> but uh um, you know once i i realized that shift it, it's difficult you know it, it's so do you pick a, a, a niche of, well, you have a boho closet or, you know, knowing that you're not going to attract all the buyers. I think, again, it goes back to that. Are you curated or, or kind of unlimited? Mm -hmm. If you're more on the unlimited side, well, then, yes, you want to make sure you're you're continually having things that people are buying. If you're more curated, well, you just already expect it's maybe a longer sell. And, you know, if you can hold on to it, you hold on to it. Um, and I think that if you're selling things from your closet and even like maybe a side hustle, you're probably not paying much attention to this. But once you are wanting to make this like a legit part-time job or your full-time job, you have to treat it like a business and you have to look at these things. I don't, I, you guys probably hear me say it enough, but it's, it's in the numbers. The numbers will tell you this, like me and Christina are not geniuses. Like we just know how to look at numbers and where to pull it from. Um, and how to look at my numbers. I've only been doing this for a year and a half, but I've been successful in doing it because I'm not buying things because I, well, sometimes I buy them because they're cute, but, um, I'm buying things because I'm looking at the numbers to drive it and you don't have to use the dashboard. eBay has amazing Terapeak data that you have. You can go online and search things. Poshmark is slowly starting to come out with more things that are selling, but doing the research, it's not just about going to a thrift store and finding a Kate Spade purse. No. I mean, that's nice, but like- It has to be one somebody wants, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, well, Poshmark's doing better, I think with like the showrooms, um, those have been helpful because uh, at least those are curated by things that keywords that people are searching for. So, um, you know, you know that somebody's looking for black loafers or whatever, if they're in a showroom. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, you know, just obviously keeping up on, you know, trends and influencers and seeing what people are wearing and you know, there's lots of YouTube videos out there about trends that are coming up and, um, and Instagrammers. Um, I had someone on my channel a couple of months ago, talk about following the insect because they can switch quickly and they are trendsetters. Now, some of these big, not even like brands, but some of these influencers, they wear something and that's where the trend's going. It's getting away from, you know, what was worn in Milan on the runway, you know, it's these big influencers. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's 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 curating what you know what you see or, or and uh, looking for that when when you source. I mean, you know, like tie dye, it's obviously big right now. A lot of people are doing a lot of DIY, um, doing DIY with like bleaching or painting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of more handmade or customized items uh, are uh, very popular right now. Um, but then on the other end of the spectrum, you know, white Chuck Taylors, you know, Converse are, are huge right now, too. So, um, you know, any kind of uh, um, trainer, uh, just a plain white trainer that can be versatile that, you know, people are wearing them with skirts now. I mean, I would have, you know, <laughs> not left the house with tennis shoes and a skirt. He's <laughs> doing it. So, um, and Depop, because you're on Depop. I'm on yeah. there. I have yet to sell anything and I don't pay a lot of attention. But yeah. Depop, from what I've heard, and you can probably walk through how to do this. Um, yeah. But there is, they have certain ways that you can look at, like their top, cer- like where you can see what's trending, right? Yeah. And that's Depop is where, like, I mean, that's like the, fa- like the fashion, what's yeah. selling for the young kids. Depop, if you're doing vintage, I would recommend um, Depop. Uh, it was slow for me to start. I kind of had a bad experience off the bat uh, with with their shipping, but um, I had already listed about 20 things and it wasn't worth, you know, trying to get them all off from, from one bad experience. So I've stuck with it. And, um, you know, a lot of my modeled shots and um, I'm only doing vintage items. Um, and, and I've sold a couple things and, and there's no like offer button, which is weird. And so they just sell, I mean, literally that's how Etsy is too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and both items I sold were 45 bucks and, um, yeah, I had them cross posted on Poshmark and no bites. So, um, you know, I would definitely recommend, uh, a Depop and, and there's, they have a private messaging. And so you do have a lot of interaction with your buyers. Um, I would recommend using your own shipping though, as opposed to their shipping, uh, because that's where I had the issue. Um, but it's all through PayPal. So it's kind of, I guess it would be more on the eBay side. Um, you get paid first and then you ship. Um, so you have a bit more control too. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think it's, and I think you mentioned too, um, Depop stats, they had a huge increase this year. Right. And I think that's where it's very, if you're not, if you haven't been on Depop and even if you don't list, like go look at it it's the young people it's Mm -hmm. the people that will be driving the resellers um they may not be on ebay yet um and they may never come over to ebay but these are the people that are driving these trends um and if you want to see what's selling it's streetwear and vintage is what's depop it's y2k um punk uh lots of sweatshirts graphic tees those horrible horrible grandma sweatshirts with like ducks i mean these girls are buying those i'm like okay (laughs) <laughs> you see a grandma sweatshirt in the in the thrift store you can you know especially with the little collars do you remember those? yeah like the collar uh-huh. the, yeah i mean they're going for 30 bucks on db on depop so you know <laughs> yeah it's crazy and especially if you do modeled photos too um because that's a hard thing with vintage if you just put a photo of that it doesn't look cute but if you like no. model it yes then yes. it for sure uh jenny girl's closet is saying resellers are the entity that can play the long game and hold on to merchandise traditional retailers don't have that model, they must get rid of it. Um, so that's also, I like all the ideas of how we can separate ourselves apart and do the long game for this. Um, yeah, That's interesting, because I don't have patience. If you watched my show last night with Chris, uh, he was like, why don't you have patience, sir? I was like, I don't know. I just wanted to sell, like, get it out of here so I can get something new in. Um, I think that, yes, we're good. Um, did you see any stats on Etsy, if their sales are up? 
good, bad? Oh. I'm just wondering, because you had mentioned like handmade stuff too. I wonder if yeah. Etsy has seen a... I, I did not, I have not ever, you know, in, in the times I research, I really don't see anything on Etsy. So I don't know if they just don't report. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the handmade crochet, you know, I mean, if you just look at the trends uh, right now, uh, crochet is so uh, like granny square vests. They're buying those. I mean, uh, grandma stuff, you know, I mean, and put yeah. grandma in your. Yes. Um, yes. Grandma and grandpa for sure. Yeah. A grandma or a grandpa cardigan. Those are huge. Um, and uh, it reminds me of that. And I think of like, this is kind of where thrift stores became cool. Um, that song. And now I'm going to sound super lame because I can't. Yeah. Who is it? Yes. Yeah. Because they there was a line in it about wearing your grandpa's sweater. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, it, well, think about it, like the boiler suits, the jumpsuits that are popular right now. I mean, they were popular in the 70s. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of uh, to ask grandma if you can go through a closet. <laughs> get some estate estate sales. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To, to get back together, you know, I mean, I'm sure uh, your aunt or your grandma might have something you can get some big bucks for. But uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, Mary Jane's um, platforms, wedges. Uh, A lot of like the 90s. So I was, you yes, know, middle 90s. school, high school in the 90s. And I'm like, that's my husband's asked me, like, how do you know what sells? I'm like, well, if I would have worn it in high school or if I would have <laughs> wanted to wear it, like I wasn't always cool in high school. But I'm like, if like. That was the style I saw the cool kids wearing. Yeah, that's what's selling. Yeah. Um, except for men's, because he's like, well, I wear cargo pants. And I was like, well, I don't really think those were like cool in the 90s either, dude. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um, we are hitting that seven hour mark. And I do like to be cognizant of everybody's time. Um, so if you do have any specific questions for Christina, definitely feel free to ask in the chat or if you're watching this in the recording, um, you can leave a comment down below or are you okay if people send you a DM? Um, that's your Instagram name, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so she is on Instagram. You can ask her questions or if you have questions down here, you can ask as well. Um, this was very informative. Um, I'm glad that I had you on. It's always good to know what is happening so that we can adjust appropriately and lots of great tips in the comments as well. So thank you everyone for joining. Make sure to hit that like button on your way out. Uh, subscribe, subscribe if you like content like this and hit the notifications so you get notified of content that is being released. Um, so I hope everyone has a good night. Thank you. Thank you.